You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 210. Who cares? With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowton of LootingGreenNation.com. I'm Jimmy Kemsky from PhillyVoice.com. I know we have I – know, I, I know at least we have some listeners in Alabama, uh, mm. but if we have any listeners also in Mississippi and Louisiana, of course, uh, you know, stay safe, hopefully, you guys, and uh, uh, best of luck getting through all this. And if there's anything we can do, don't know what that could possibly be, but don't be afraid to shout out to me and Brandon, uh, and we'll do what we can. Uh, this is going to be a 53-man roster projection episode. Brandon and I have already published ours, uh, so you can read those either at my site at phillyvoice.com or at Brandon's site at bleedinggreennation.com, but we'll get into a little more depth on each position uh, in this episode. Brandon, what's going on, buddy? To me, and it's, it's, it's exciting to be here with you. The preseason is over. Training camp practices are over. It's 53-man roster time. It's a unique uh, configuration this year, obviously, because in most years, the Eagles play that fourth and final preseason game. And then basically the next day or so, they're starting to make cuts already because they have to get down to 53 on what? Like it used to be like that Sunday or whatever. Yeah. Uh, after they, or, that, or that Saturday, I think, after they would play on a Thursday. It's usually been uh, on a Saturday, yeah. Yeah, so so this year there's some more time because final cuts start until uh, 4 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday, August 31st. So there's a little bit more time here. Um, but we have our 53-man roster projections here, so we'll go position by position. Before we get into everything, of course, BGN Radio brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. You can go and get some by going to RighteousFelon.com and using discount code BGN15 for 15% off. Jimmy, it only makes sense to start with quarterback, not because everyone's 53-man roster starts at the quarterback position, but because there's some news on that front. Yeah, I mean, first of all, Deshaun Watson, um, there's a report from Aaron Wilson, formerly of the Baltimore Sun and the Houston Chronicle, still covers the Texans for, I don't know, some radio station out there. Uh, anyway, he reported, um, his, the, the headline of his report was basically that no Deshaun Watson trade is imminent. But, um, you know, because his focus is the Houston Texans and not, of course, the Philadelphia Eagles, it was semi buried within his article, but it mentioned that the Philadelphia Eagles and Howie Roseman specifically have done enormous amounts of, um, I guess, uh, investigation into Deshaun Watson's legal case, et cetera, et cetera, and uh, have been very interested uh, all along in trading for Deshaun Watson. Uh, but Deshaun Watson, uh, for those of you who didn't know, has a no trade clause. And for him to be traded to anyone, he would have to waive that no trade clause. And he is unwilling, uh, as reported by Aaron Wilson, 
to waive that no trade clause to come to the Philadelphia Eagles, whereas he would waive it to go to the Miami Dolphins or the Carolina Panthers. So um, if he remains steadfast in that um, stance that he does not want to play uh, in Philadelphia, and I can imagine that uh, he fears that the um, scrutiny that he'll get is going to be a lot worse in a place like Philadelphia than it would be in Charlotte or in Miami. Uh, don't expect Deshaun Watson to be playing for the Philadelphia Eagles this year. That's Aaron Wilson of Sports Talk 790. So Got I'll it. Give the credit there. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's a significant to me. It sounds like it's over unless I guess this, the only scenario I can think of is like, Every other place kind of dries up and mm-hmm. he's still one side of Houston and the Eagles are still there because it seems like they very much have been interested throughout this process. Um, so that's like why I can't say it, it feels like there's like a zero percent chance it happens right now, but it doesn't seem, uh, likely, uh, based on the fact that he doesn't want to waive his no trade clause. And I am guessing that the Dolphins and or Panthers and or maybe the Broncos or whoever else is out there will kind of maintain some level of interest. And it won't just be that the Eagles are the only team at the end of the day. But obviously, it's exciting news to people who did not want Deshaun Watson on the Eagles, which is a lot uh, and understandably so, given all the allegations against him. So uh, I guess we can kind of put this one uh, on the back burner uh, if it wasn't already for now. Uh, do you have anything on Elson Watson, Jimmy, before we talk about the new Eagles quarterback? Yeah, so he didn't make my 53-man roster projection. <laughs> yeah, okay. No Deshaun Watson on Jimmy's yeah. was not on mine either. <laughs> One of our over-unders this year that we did, you know, back in June was like, you know, snaps played for the Eagles, Deshaun Watson this year. It was, I think I put it at, at 0.5 or yeah. whatever. So uh-huh. and I think you, me, and the crowd took the under we did. on that one. Um, but, Jimmy, the Eagles made a trade. So while I was actually assembling my 53-man roster on Saturday morning, they traded a 2022 sixth-round pick that can be elevated to a 2022 fifth-round pick if the quarterback that the Eagles traded for plays in at least 50% of the snaps in three games this season. That's Gardner Minshew, Jimmy. How do you feel about a Gardner Minshew? A lot of stupid things to track this year like that and the – and the of course, the 70 slash 75% of snaps for Carson Wentz. Um, you know, whatever. Um, what do I think of Gardner Minshew? I was never a big fan of his, but wow, hater as a starter anyway, as a backup, fine. You know, and I think uh, the real appeal to trading for him is that he's got two years left in his contract. Uh, this year, he's he'll count for under a million on the salary cap. I think that's what it was anyway. Next year, he's going to get a bump in pay because he'll at least have. There are three different tiers of the proven performance escalator. I won't get into details on that, but he's like, he's scheduled to make right around a million or account for a million somewhere around there on the salary cap in 2022. But again, like I said, that'll bump up a little bit. So, but anyway, regardless, he's a good backup. Like he's his career passer rating. And that's not the end all be all for quarterback evaluation, of course, but it's over 90. So, uh, it is his touchdown interception ratio is good. Uh, he's got a little bit of a personality. So, um, I think, uh, it's a very good move for the Philadelphia Eagles to trade a low pick like that for uh, a player at a position that typically comes with paying a lot of money. And, uh, you know, you know, the, the, the draft pick value is certainly not as uh, expensive as it can be for, you know, money wise for, for a back, for a legit, uh, decent backup quarterback. So I, I like the move there. And, uh, I, while I think Joe Flacco will maintain the number two quarterback spot 
at least initially this season because he knows the offense, whereas Gardner Minshew is going to take a little time to ramp up. I do think that at some point during the season, Minshew will take that title from him. Especially, I think, in a scenario where, like, let's say, God forbid, but Jalen Hurts is, like, out for the year. Like, what are you gaining by playing Joe Flacco, yes. you know, like, 10 games or whatever the remainder of the season would be? Like, you'd, we'd want to see Gardner Minshew instead, because in theory, like, he's younger. He probably isn't going to be a franchise quarterback, but in theory, he could be. Like, Joe Flacco just, like, definitively is not going to be that guy. So you could at least kind of see, and even if, even if not just to, you know, have Gardner Minshew be as your franchise guy, but, like, what if he plays well and then you can kind of flip him in the offseason, trade mm-hmm. him to another team? So, you know, you're not going to get that kind of future value at a uh, uh, Joe Flacco. I think so, that yeah, pretty I, much cements Joe Flacco's one year here. Yes. Well, and that makes sense. I think he's going to be 37 uh, in January. So, you know, who who knows how long he even wants to play mm-hmm. or whatever. He's a local guy, so I'm sure he wouldn't necessarily mind being in the area, but we'll see. And, you know, uh, maybe he's just not really a good option to keep around beyond one year. So, uh, so I think it is a good move for the Eagles, Jimmy, because it's, it's a six round pick, basically. It's probably going to be a six round pick. Uh, and that's like nothing, uh, relatively. And so I think it's good from that perspective. My two negative things on it aren't, aren't about the move itself, but like number one, like I wish we, the Eagles could have just done this instead of guaranteeing $2.5 <laughs> right. million dollars yes. to Joe Flacco. <laughs> number two, I don't think anyone has mentioned this, but doesn't this like underscore how ridiculous it was to spend a second round pick on Jalen Hurts if the plan was to hit for him to truly be a backup yes, and not like right. Carson Wentz's replacement? Like this, this kind of trade, this mere, this meager price you can pay for a, a quality backup, like a six round pick is the evidence why you should not draft one with the 53rd overall pick in the second round pick. Now, we don't have to relitigate that whole thing, but I was just kind of thinking about that today. I like Gardner Minshew. I think he's fun. I remember how he was drafted after Clayton Thorson, like like a round later. Uh Uh, He's been solid. Nothing spectacular. One big uh, bugaboo with him. A lot of fumbles. He has fumbled 18 times in Mm -hmm. 23 games, so that's not great. That's kind of an issue with him. But, I mean, as far as backups go... Uh, I think it's fine. I think there's the potential for him here to be like a long-term backup. Like if he, you know, sticks around in next season, obviously he's probably your number two in 2022. Mm-hmm. And then maybe like he likes it here. Maybe he is willing to kind of take that backup role and you can kind of sign him to like to be your long-term backup. I don't know how realistic that is. I kind of wonder if he kind of might be like the NFL's next Ryan Fitzpatrick and a guy who kind of just like is a journeyman. He kind of goes to all these different places because he's really competitive and he, he'll take like a starting job basically wherever he can get one. doesn't matter how bad the team is. Like he just wants to yeah. play. So, so I kind of wonder about that. But overall, first time pick, uh, pretty good deal. And obviously, uh, his acquisition means the Eagles are going to keep three quarterbacks when it looked like they're only going to keep two, Jalen Hurts and Joe Flacco. But now Gardner Minshew is very much obviously going to be on the team. So that's our three quarterbacks right there. And I think that sums it up, right? Yeah, I think we can move on to running back. Uh, But yeah, so so our quarterback Hurts, of course, uh, Flacco and Minshew. Mm -hmm. Running back, who you got? At running back, I have the Eagles keeping four. And Miles Sanders, obviously, Boston Scott. I think there was like not like major question he'd be on the team, but a lot of people were like, can't you just like cut him and keep uh, D- um, Kenny Gainwell? And no, because I think Boston Scott's a nice little player to have, and he's really cheap too. So Boston Scott will be here. Kenny G, I thought, really came on late in the summer between the preseason games and then having his best training camp practice on literally the final training camp practice day against the Jets. Uh, really encouraged by him. And then I have Jason Huntley on the team here. Oh, really? Because okay. Yeah, I do because... Uh, like 
why would you keep him on the roster all last year if you really liked his potential? Then to just and then he looked good in training camp when he was healthy. Like he had some home run ability. I think he's by far their best kick returner. Like why risk losing that guy if you kept him? I know he's had this ribs injury. I'm thinking maybe you can kind of carry him on the original 53 if that injury is serious and putting him on short term IR. I feel like you can do that. I just feel like it, it would be insane to me to lose him at the expense of keeping Jordan Howard. Who like who is coming after Jordan Howard if you cut him? Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. So don't, so don't keep him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so I'm with you. Like, I, I, I don't have the same 53. I don't have the same four guys. I have four running backs as well. I have um, Sanders, of course, uh, Boston Scott, uh, Kenny Gainwell, and I have Jordan Howard because that's what I think the team is going to do. But I'm with wow. you as far as, like, what they should do. Like, I agree. Like, um, uh, Huntley, had, like, did show – he's probably the best kick returner on the team, by the way. So, like, yeah. he gives you that. And uh, he's got, like, legit speed. And he, he gives you more from a long-term perspective. Um I don't think I don't think they'll have a problem getting him through anyway because mm. you look at like um, you know the Eagles claimed him off of waivers last year and they were near the end of the waiver order last year so there wasn't interest from there was a lot of interest in him in, in him last year then during the regular season he did nothing and then he basically did nothing in the preseason games like he got I think like twelve snaps I think in the preseason uh, total and I, he's injured right he's got a rib injury right now maybe. They put him on through like the initial 53 man roster mm-hmm. and then they put him on the short term IR and they bring Howard back. Like that's yeah. one way that I can see that your scenario is going to be right. Right. But like ultimately Jordan Howard started the first preseason game in the third preseason <sighs> game, which mattered, like which mattered for that game in the third preseason game. He was like one of the cool kids who got to dress in like street clothes. It was like one of like the, the 25 or 30 players or so like that every other player that was in street clothes is a lock to make the roster. And he was one of those guys. So yeah, I'm with you. Like, I don't, I don't like the idea of keeping him on the, on the initial 53, but I think that's what's, I think that's what Howie is going to do. Well, that's dumb. <laughs> it is. It just is. There's no, again, there's no one's going to claim Jordan Howard. Hey, I'm with you. I'm with going you. waivers. And because no one wants to sign him. Uh, it doesn't make any sense to me. We can move on to wide receiver where, I have the Eagles only keeping five here, Jimmy. I think we can both agree that Devontae Smith, who didn't even dress, uh, yeah, interesting. Because the, the receiver was the like the only position where uh, any starter at all played offensively or defensively. I actually asked uh, Nick Sirianni about that after the game. Um, why was that? And he wanted to get he wanted to get a touch for Rager, and he wanted to get a touch for Watkins. And then as soon as they got their, their, their t- out, like out of the game. So there was no significance really to, because Rager came out before Watkins, but it's only because he caught a catch. It's only because he had a catch. They had a, a deep shot, uh, lined up for Watkins too. And he ultimately didn't get the ball, but that's the reason why those guys played, but no other starter did. Uh, so I'm, I'm sorry. Continue. You were, <laughs> you're, I cut you off there. Well, it kind of goes to my point. Like Quez and Rager are obviously locks as well. Beyond yeah. that. Uh, that's where it kind of things start to get questionable. I think Greg Ward is going to make this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how much this matters, but like, well, he was a captain 
on for the Jets game. And I think he's also viewed as a leader in that locker room, which doesn't yep. have a lot of age in it. He's actually the oldest wide receiver that is probably going to make the team. Cause you know, I'm not counting like Andre Patton here. Um, so I think he makes it and you know, he, he can only play the slot, but he does contribute on special teams. So I think that's fine and he's solid and he might be there. Although he had a really bad drop against the Jets, like very uncharacteristic from Greg Ward. Uh, he's probably their best like football catcher, the guy who can actually catch a football. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have him on and then I have JJ. I have JJ making it as the number five. I just feel like they're not going to cut him after what we saw in the preseason game uh, against the Jets. For some reason, JJ owns the third preseason game. Obviously did well against the Ravens a couple years ago. Um, also, not just because of what he did in offense, but he had a good special teams play against the Jets. And I remember he also had a tackle or two in the Steelers game. So he showed something on special teams to kind of, I think, justify that back of the end roster spot. He will play on special teams. Travis Holcomb, Jimmy, like, I, I toyed with having him on there. It was tough. I, I just, I couldn't do it because like, we just haven't seen it from him. Now, I think like keeping him makes sense from a perspective of like, he gives you something your other receivers don't have in terms of size. Mm-hmm. He's like a prototypical X, although you could argue JJ has some size, but you know, I don't think quite as big as Fulgham. Uh, so it's tough, but like, I just, I don't think he's earned a roster spot. Am I crazy? I don't either, but I have him on because he's like the only guy that did anything for them. To, like he's the only receiver that did anything like no noteworthy like well last year in a game. So, in a game. So I if like if I'm the new coaching staff coming in, I don't care about any of that. Like that doesn't that's kind of meaningless, but their opinion matters less on a team like the Eagles where Harry Roseman is ultimately going to be making the final decision on who makes the roster or not. So I have him on. I actually have him keeping six receivers. So I have him mm. keeping Devontae, of course, and Quez and Rager. I have Ward on. The other thing I'll, I'll add on about Ward's versatility is that um, they're only going to keep two quarterbacks um, active on game day. And if something funky happens to both of them, then he can be your emergency quarterback too. Um, and then your, your, your fifth guy, in my opinion, is JJ, who – you know, the other thing Nick Sirianni talked about after the game, by the way, was he had to talk with the team about five players in his previous coaching life that went into the final game and uh, the final preseason game and really changed the minds of, you know, people who were deciding on, you know, who made the final roster. And, uh, you know, he kind of challenged the the bubble guys to be that player this year. And maybe JJ did that in this final game uh, with uh, initially he had a nice uh like third and long conversion. And then on that same hurry up drive, uh, had the nice contested catch, got away from a defender and scored. So, uh, you know, good for him. Uh, I, you know, he's gotten a lot of flack because the Eagles took him instead of DK Metcalf. And like, you know, deservedly so, cause he hasn't played well either, obviously, but, um, you know, he is, he does seem to be a try hard guy. It's not for lack of effort mm-hmm. with JJ. So, um, you know, kind of hope for the best for him for, or the, the kind of, you know, player that works hard like that, whatever. Uh, so I have him on. And then, you know, I mentioned Fogum. Uh, I think it's just cause he's, you know, he did something last year is, and, and you're, I'm with you. Like, I don't think he did anything in training camp or during the preseason games to warrant a roster spot. He had a really nice practice uh, against the jets. I think it was the first of their two joint practices uh, in Florham park where, where he played pretty well. Um, but aside from that, like he really didn't do anything and uh, won't, won't surprise me if he's cut, but uh, I do have him on. See, this is where, like, just to break out of the actual position for a little bit and talk about, like, the overall philosophy, like, this is where, 
I'm struggling, Jimmy. Like I'm, I'm like saying like this doesn't make sense, but the team could do it anyway. It doesn't make sense to keep Oshawn Jeffrey on your roster when you could just begin him the season on PUP yeah. last year. But they don't like the Eagles don't always make sense. So uh, that's unfortunate for me if I get these wrong. But <laughs> the last thing I'll say here is that uh, I feel like Andre Patton is a good bet to make the practice squad. I low key feel like he he's had, had keep, the he's summer. In camp. Yeah, I, I feel like he's had the summer that Travis Holcomb had last yes. year. And that he, like he came. In presumably just to be a camp body and like he looks solid. And I know Joe Flacco talked about like how you can tell he's just like a veteran, like he knows where to be at the right place, the right time. Um, I think he's going to be on the practice squad and he could be like a, like an, like he could be in the Fulgham role where if there's injuries or let's say Fulgham or JJ or whoever's at the bottom of the roster is like really struggling or, you know, the Eagles don't feel great about him. They might just like promote him. So he might get a shot at some point. He could be on the roster at some point this year. I'm with you there. Yeah. Yeah. I would keep an eye on that name. And then Hightower, uh, I mean, I, I just don't see him. He played a lot in the preseason finale, and mm-hmm. I don't think that's a good sign for him. And also, he doesn't play special teams. We've talked about this before. Right, like, right, he right. was kick returning against the Jets, but he didn't really look good doing no. it. And I don't think he's like a weapon there at all. So I don't think Hightower is, I don't, I don't think he's going to be on. Uh, let's go to tight end, Jimmy, uh, and then we'll do offensive line, then we'll take a break. Tight end, uh, Zach Ertz. Dallas Goddard and Tyree Jackson. I only have them keeping three. You, okay, so those are the three that I have too. And um, you know, obviously, so this is one of the hardest years to figure out the final fifty-three man roster because there's so many different things to consider. And one of them is, is you know, are they going to trade guys? And Zach Ertz has been on the trade block for like ten months now. <laughs> so, like, is that finally going to get done before Tuesday? I'm betting no because it just hasn't gotten done yet. We've been waiting and waiting and waiting, hasn't gotten done. So I'm gonna, I, I, I couldn't keep them off. Uh, I, you know, when I put my money where my keyboard was, I couldn't keep them, keep them off the roster. Uh, got her to lock, obviously. And then Tyree Jackson is sort of like the question is like, like is the questionable one there. Like, what do they do with him if they IR him before 53 man roster cutdowns? He's done for the year, but he's basically a red shirt, so you can keep him on your roster and you get him again next year. He's of course going to be out with um, uh, a a broken bone in his back for Mm. eight to 10 weeks, which that happened, what, like a week and a half ago. So, you know, he'll probably be back sometime around like anywhere between like week five, week six, and like week, you know, eight, somewhere around there. So I think he's worth keeping uh, and and playing this year if you can do it. Uh, So I think he makes the 53-man roster. Then you IR him the next day. I think he can IR guys. You can put him on short-term IR. After four o'clock on Wednesday, which is what they'll do. And then he has to stay on IR for at least three weeks, at least three weeks of the regular season, that is. And then he can come off any time thereafter. So I think he'll just be on IR for like six, seven, eight weeks, something like that. And they'll bring him back whenever whenever they want him. Um, we both have him have the Eagles cutting Richard Rogers, of course, here. And what the Eagles can do with him is just say, hey, Dick Rod, we're going to cut you. Don't take offense at it. We're just going to bring you right back. We'll sign you the next day, and uh, no, like your your roster, your your salary will still be guaranteed for the season. Uh, if you know when we as, as a vested veteran or whatever, we're not going to bring you back after week one or whatever. We'll bring you right back uh, the next day, and that allows us to put Tyree Jackson on IR. So I think Richard Rodgers will be on the roster to start the season, but he won't be on when they pair when they you know pair it down to fifty three. 
I agree with that, obviously, uh, considering I gave you my picks. But I think with Tyree Jackson, I honestly don't even think it's a question of what they're going to do with him. I think it's like a 100% chance they're going to put him on the original 53 because I don't think you can have him lost for the season, especially with the possibility that Ertz, I think, still gets traded before the deadline. You know, because yes. then if he gets moved at the deadline, then all of a sudden Tyree Jackson could be your number two down the road. And the deadline is like early November. I think it's like November 2nd or something. So Tyree Jackson would presumably be ready around that time. So yeah, I definitely think Jackson is going to be on the original 53 and then short term I yard. Um, uh, what else did I have here? Okay. Yeah. So I had Dick Rod getting cut. Jack Stoll is like right on the bubble here, as I've talked about many times before. It's a good sign for him just in terms of historical precedent that he has the most guaranteed money of any UDFA. And by the way, he's only one of the final two UDFAs still on the roster as we're recording this podcast at 327 PM Eastern on August 29th. The other is Coyote Aoshika. We'll get to him in a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, so I think Jack Stoll, like, I don't think he did enough to, like, the Eagles must keep him. I, I just don't think that. I th- And I think you can get him to the practice squad. Uh, so that's my thinking on him. Uh, I could be wrong because we saw Noah Tangiai get claimed last year, obviously, by the Colts. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I, I just don't think he really did a whole lot like that. You have to keep him. So we'll keep an eye on that one. Four catches for 33 yards for him against the Patriots. And he had a big day. Uh, against the Jets uh, during uh, joint practices where he had a one-handed catch near the sideline. It was really nice uh, early in practice. And then late in practice, uh, Joe Flacco threw like a money seam pass to him uh, into the end zone during like the most competitive session uh, during that practice. And he caught the ball in between two defenders for a touchdown, which basically ended the day. Uh, so mm-hmm. like he impressed in, in some practices, but I'm with you. Like, I think you can sneak him through. And if Tyree Jackson hadn't been so good earlier in camp, then I'd have, I'd have him on. But right. I can't keep them like the numbers just don't work out. So um, yeah. I'd like to keep them. If somebody claims them, then bummer, but not the end of the world. If they don't, then he's going to be one of their priority uh, practice squad guys. Then moving to the offensive line, I have the Eagles keeping 10, Jimmy. I have them going high. I think there's some sense to that in terms of you give Jeff Stoutland extra players to work with for mm-hmm. not yeah, only the fair. short term, but to develop. You're coming off a year where you just had, what, 14 different offensive line combinations in 16 games. I think you're kind of still scarred from that. And some of these guys are older, and I feel like you have to keep extra backups. Like it's yes. only, that only makes sense to me. Um, cause you're not just relying on them to stay fully and healthy. So I have, it's, it's a good group. Yeah, and yeah, there's plenty. Players of, there's worth players keeping. worth keeping. Yeah, so the starters are obvious. Jordan Mailata won the left tackle job like a billion years ago, even though Nick Sirianni won't admit it, <laughs> um, which is silly. Isaac Sumalo, left guard. Jason Kelsey at center. Brandon Brooks right guard. Lane Johnson at right tackle. And then I have five backups. I have the Eagles keeping Andre Dillard, Jimmy. Which again, that doesn't make sense to me because he is bad. He is not versatile. And what's the other thing? I can't remember always. He's, and, uh, uh, his ceiling has already kind of been reached because he's already 26. Oh, wait. It's not even that, but I can't remember. But anyway, the point is it doesn't make sense to keep him around. Um, I would look to trade him for whatever you can get. There's some people out I there. he was okay, but, actually, in the game. So uh, yes and no. I, he had a couple good run blocks. I still did see him get destroyed or pushed back like bull rust uh, into Joe Flacco. 
on that play where he got sacked. I think Kenny Ginwell ultimately kind of blew the the protection on uh, on the right pass side, block. Yeah. But like, yeah, Dillard still got like blown back into Flacco. Um, so yeah, and then take it for what it's worth. But if you go by PFF's grading, Jimmy, uh, the Raven Clark, who I also have making the team here, had the second best grade of any Eagles player. Is that right? Where, okay. Well, while Andre Dillard had like 19th out of 26 or so, like Dillard wasn't like especially good or anything. Um, yeah, so I would look well, to that, trade Dillard. I will say he looked better in the game than he's looked in like any practice. <laughs> sure, but also a low bar. Um, yes. And not facing starters, you know, facing yeah, – right. and not, not only not facing starters, facing backups on a really bad roster. Yeah. So much so that the Jets just traded for – Shaq Lawson. Shaq Lawson, yeah. not Carl Lawson, who was hurt. Um, then I have them – so I have them keeping Dillard and Clark as your two swing – well, Clark being, really should be your swing tackle, but – Dillard inexplicably probably getting the first crack potentially at left tackle and maybe they could trade him before the deadline um then Nate Herbig who I think is a lock to make the team I thought it was kind of weird how he played all the snaps against the Patriots but he only played like the first half against the Jets okay. so that indicates he's safe to me he's your top interior backup guy from the jump Jack Driscoll who I still think you know they like his potential and everything they're not going to give up on him and then I have Landon Dickerson making the week one roster okay. and that is just like a total guess because I don't, we haven't heard anything yes. on his health. Um, I am just guessing this because the, again, I looked at what the Eagles did last year with Alshon and they had him on when he wasn't even close to being ready. And maybe they'd be willing to do the same thing with Dickerson because they just like him a lot. But it'd be crazy to me that like that, that he would be ready to play right away just because he missed the whole summer. So, uh, I have him going heavy here. What about you? So I have him keeping 11 if you include Dickerson. Wow. Well, I have ten. I have ten making the fun, like the 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 one out of people that count okay. toward the fifty three. But I also have him. I have Dickerson staying on NFI or PUP, whatever you want to call it, because um, they have enough depth along their offensive line. They don't need him. Whereas, like they like we, the other guy on pop that you know is a question whether he's going to come off it or not is Rodney McLeod. They need Rodney McLeod, <laughs> like, mm. but they don't need Landon, Landon Dickerson right away. And even if he even if he's like ready. He has, like you said, he's got like no reps at all. So he's going to need a ramp up period anyway. Just keep, just keep him on NFI. There's, there's no reason to rush him back unless like he is truly 100% ready. So I won't, I won't mention the starters again. You already did that. I have Driscoll. I have Herbig. I have Sua Opeta. Mm. Uh, I have, who got first team, he got a lot of first team reps. Uh, this summer. Yeah, but he was bad. <laughs> I have Dillard, uh, staying as well. Uh, don't need to hammer that at home any further. And I well, my other point, my other point on Dillard Jimmy was that he's injury prone. Like that's another thing. Oh, that okay, makes gotcha. him not a yeah, good yeah. backup. But anyway, keep going. And then I have Brett Toth uh, making the final roster. And the, the thing that kind of sold me on him, so like my he was like my fifty third player. It was I was really laboring between him and <laughs> this is how pathetic my life is. But I was really like I mean I, oh for like twenty minutes I was trying to decide between him and Kyoto Awashika, who uh, like Kyoto Awashika. Coyote had like a really good camp and he's a guy that I would not risk uh, losing because I think he's like got something. Ultimately, I don't think he's going to make it because I think they went way out of their way to hide him. Like I think, you, you know, they, first of all, they had him playing tackle during the games. So they maybe they're right almost, almost kind of like purposely sabotaging him a little bit because he played guard. <laughs> I mean, he played tackle in, in college, but he played guard throughout the entire, like throughout the entire camp and practices. And they just stuck him well, at tackle during the game. Left left guard early on and then they moved him over to right tackle and then they they've been playing right guard so they're really kind of like <laughs> throwing him off. So anyway, I think they're going to I think they're going to 
cut him, hope he makes a throw, and then he's going to be their number one priority practice squad guy. But the thing that kind of uh, has me thinking they're going to keep Toth is that they started playing him at guard, too, at left guard. So they were giving him reps both at tackle and at guard, and I they gave him really long looks in the first two preseason games, which I think is a good sign for him. Uh, so I, I, and he played well, like he played during games last year and he wasn't a disaster. So I think he's a guy that, uh, they know a little bit and, uh, they started to add some stuff on versatility wise for him. So, uh, it, I mean, don't feel great about it, but, uh, again, he was my 53rd guy to make the, to make this roster. Clark is another one that you could like not have in the original 53 and then potentially bring him back real quick. Yes. Although I think that's a little dangerous because like there's, you look at the Colts, like, and there's been speculation that maybe they could trade for Dillard. Well, I mean, Raven Clark used to be on their roster. Yes. And Sam Tevy oh, just Sam got Tevy hurt. Oh, Sam just got hurt. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, we didn't know that until, uh, you know, yeah, after we submitted today. our stuff, but that's a good point. Yeah. So, but, I mean, but they, also know, Eric- they know him, they can bring him back. And Aaron, and Aaron Fisher like, apparently isn't ready or whatever. So, yeah, they could easily bring him back if you're exposing him, and he might want to go back. Who knows? That's a good call. Um, so I worry about that. With Toth, hey, I had him on my original 53, I think, when we like did one heading into camp. Okay. And I believe you called it spicy at the time. Jimmy. Okay. Uh, so you come around. <laughs> well, the thing with Brett Toth was, like, the Eagles went out of their way to get him when he became available again after the Cardinals let him go. Uh, I think it was the Cardinals. The Cardinals claimed him when the Eagles originally cut him, when the Cardinals had the number one overall pick on the waiver wire order. Okay. And then the Cardinals waived him last year because he was hurt. And the Eagles, like, you know, they jumped to get him, and, and they put him on their roster. So they they like him. They like his potential. I don't know, you know, how that got impacted by this summer. Um, and they'll remember have, that he got claimed previously. Yes, yes, exactly. So that's that's I agree with that. Like I have him on the bubble, but I also have Coyote on the bubble. So like, it's really tough. It's really tough there. Uh, I would keep Dickerson off, and I guess that clears the spot. I think that I think it makes the most sense to keep Dickerson off, and also makes it think it makes the most sense to keep to not keep Dillard because he's not one of your best ten offensive linemen. He shouldn't mm-hmm. be on the team. Like there's other guys worth keeping ahead of him, um, but unfortunately, I have them keeping both of those guys. So, uh, and then Matt Pryor just shouldn't be on the team. Like, yes. it's over. All due respect, Matt Pryor. Like it's just it's it's time. <laughs> so uh, I think Sue has struggled too much for him to be on the team, but we'll see about that one. Uh, and that Maybe, wraps it up for Pierce the offense. Baker actually had a decent camp, I thought. It was practice looked, squad and looked okay yeah. in the game, but uh, you can keep shot. it on the practice yeah. squad. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. He'll stick around. Um, we should probably take a break because we haven't done yeah. that yet. Yep. So before we take a break, Jimmy, I'm going to tell you really quickly about Right to Spell and Craft Jerky, which you can get by going to Right to Spell using discount code BGN15 for 15% off. They have meat snacks. They have non-meat snacks. They have hats, t-shirts, gear. It's all really cool. You should check it out for yourself if you don't believe me or if you do. Uh, also, wildnaturepet.com. If you want the best dog treats you can freaking get, go to wildnaturepet.com. Use discount code BGN15 for 15% off. And then if you're looking to buy, sell, rent, uh, did I miss you anything? You know, we haven't done the song in a while. Okay. Fire that off, Rochelle, please. Kristen Rocha wrote real tours, wrote real tours, wrote real tours. Kristen Rocha wrote real tours. She's the greatest. 
Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Back here on BGN Radio, going through our 53-man roster projection. Jimmy, let's flip over to the defense now. And at defensive end, I have the Eagles keeping five. Uh, the top four, obviously, locks Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat, Derek Barnett, it'll be interesting to me to see how that playing time between Josh Sweat and Derek Barnett is divvied up. Mm -hmm. I have Ryan Kerrigan as number four. I mean, it's kind of funny. Like, Ryan Kerrigan hasn't done anything to make the team. No. uh, Oh, he gets hurt. Yeah. Yeah. He had thumb surgery. He did. And obviously, he had that, I think, in part because he knew he was safe on the team. Yeah. Like, if he really had to play and earn his spot, he wouldn't. I'm just noting that. Like, he's not making the team based on merit. He's making it based on... Reputation, yeah. which is you know fine because yeah. he's a good career to go off of, but I'm just I'm just noting that here. Uh, and also, by the way, when Jonathan Gannon was asked like if Kerrigan can kind of play Sam, I don't know about you, but like that he answer he yeah, gave, yeah, yeah, he wasn't thinking, play yeah, Sam. <laughs> I, I don't think that's happening. Um, he had to think about I, it, like, oh yeah, uh, yeah, I guess he could do it. <laughs> yeah, it was not like it didn't sound like very convincing at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair question to ask. Um, yes. Teron oh, yeah, Jackson. Yeah, nothing wrong with the question at all, but yeah, he, he tipped his hand on that. You have Teron Jackson? I do have them keeping Teron. I think, I think he just, like, there was flashes, especially in the last preseason game. Okay. He did some things in training camp. Um, it's tough because, like, 
I, I just don't know if you have to keep him. I mean, I think he's on the practice squad at the very least. Um, and I don't know that you have to keep five considering that you have like a player presumably playing at Sam who is going to do some pass rushing. And you also have Milton Williams who is going to be playing on the edge at some point. So I don't know that you have to keep five. I think you might be able to keep four, but, uh, I kept him. I, I'm guessing you didn't. So when you said five defensive ends, I thought you were referring to the fifth defensive end being Milton Williams. No. Because he's mostly kind of played defensive end in practice. But whatever. But not fine. only. Yeah, yeah. But he can play he can play defensive tackle too. So I only have four if we're gonna put if we're gonna consider Million Williams a defensive tackle, I only have four, and I have the four that uh you mentioned before he got to Teron Jackson. I don't think Teron Jackson's gonna make it because I mean, he actually started off camp okay. Like I thought he had like a an interesting couple first days. I was like, oh okay. Keep my eye on you, Teron. And then he kind of didn't do anything for a long, like a really long stretch. And he had a nice uh, game against the Jets. But I think by then for him, it was maybe a little too little too late. And you weren't mm. the only one that kept him. Like, I think there were a bunch of people that kept him. I'm gonna, I, I'm curious, like how many of the, the beat writers, like what percentage of the beat writers kept him. But it was probably pretty close to split down the middle. I don't have him in. I just don't think he did enough. Uh, I don't think Marlon Tui Pelotu, uh, another day three pick, uh, pick uh, of the Eagles. I don't think he did enough. In fact, oh, one of the no. wor- I think he had a he was probably one of the worst players on the field, uh, especially during that first preseason game against the Steelers. Just got pushed around in that game. Got better as as he went along in each of the preseason games. Like he got a lot of snaps in in every game. But uh, again, he just didn't. He's like nobody around the league is going to look at what he did in the preseason games and go, "Oh, I got to have that guy." Uh, so I don't have him making it. Uh, in fairness to him, real quick, in fairness to Mr. T, he was coming off that like injury or why he fell in the draft. So maybe I don't know if yeah, that is still fair. impacting him, like kind of behind the scenes. So he could be worth keeping around the practice squad. But anyway, were, were we just doing defensive end first, or were you doing the whole defensive line? Uh, I do it by end and then tackle. All right, but, so we'll just um, stick with defensive end then. Um. So I have him cutting Jackson. I have him cut. I guess that's it. I guess the only other guy would be uh, uh, Jaquan Bailey, who they already cut. And yep. then uh, Matt Leo, who is going to stick on the practice squad because he didn't count for a spot. Yeah, international uh, exemption. And I thought Leo actually kind of did some things in camp and looked okay. And he should because he's an older player, probably going up against very younger players. But whatever. Um, good for him. Uh, doesn't matter. Not going to be on the team. Defensive tackle, I have Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave. And I think Cox, Jimmy, could have a big year just in part because Javon Hargrave looks so good yes. next to him. I think, like, Cox could – like, you know, we all talk about how it's Fletcher Cox benefiting from – or, no, the, the guy playing next to Fletcher Cox uh, benefiting from the double teams that Fletcher Cox is drawing. I mean, I think there could be some of, like, that alternating here where, like, teams are trying to double Javon Hargrave because he's been a terror – um, so I think both of those guys and better, at least one of those better guys. defensive end depth too. Like I think uh, ultimately we'll see. A, a, you know, we didn't see anything from Kerrigan, but he'll be good. And then I think uh, on the right side with Sweat and Barnett going back and forth, like it's good depth. So like those guys will also maybe not garner a ton of attention, a ton of attention, but they'll at least you know they'll 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 do enough damage on the edge mm-hmm. to force quarterbacks to step up. And yeah. that's where, you know, Hargrave and Cox can kind of feast on opposing quarterbacks when, you know, the quarterbacks are forced kind of into their lap. 
I know that's what the Eagles were having kind of thinking about too, in terms of like, that's why they invested so much in the defensive tackle last year. Like they're thinking in their minds that you have these mobile quarterbacks, a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL who can run now. Like, how do you beat them? Well, you make them stay in the packet, you, you make them step up and then you're going to have your interior rushers in there to kind of finish yeah. the play. So that's kind of the, that's like the ideal goal that they're thinking about. Uh, so I have them keeping Cox, Hargrave, Milton Williams, who I have listed here at defensive tackle, okay. but he's going to play edge too. And then T.Y. McGill, because how do you cut T.Y. McGill after the summer he's had? I know he's a vested veteran and everything, but like he's been really good. And also, your defensive tackle depth isn't that great. Yeah. Like you, you don't have a ton of options there. So, I mean, maybe you do the thing where you, you cut him and bring him back. But I just I feel like when that happens, like because this happened to Strap last year, Kayvon LeBlanc, mm-hmm. when he got cut, like the Patriots made an offer at him. Like they 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 made a run at him. Like teams are going to make a run at them, even if they're like, okay, we'll bring you back real quick. Yeah. So like there is risk in cutting those guys if they're available, and they might take it if they want to be somewhere else. So um, I think you have to keep T Y. I think he's been really good, not just like in the preseason, like like consistently throughout camp. Um, I couldn't keep Hassan Ridgeway on here, Jimmy. Because I don't think he's done anything and he's injury prone. He is like a bigger body, which they kind of don't have, uh, in terms of depth. But like, and I, and I'm kind of worried because if you look at, I looked at the snap counts to me for the, the Jets game and tried to read into those a little mm-hmm. bit. Sonridge really didn't play a lot. And that kind of scares me. Like they're like <laughs> saving him for some reason. They, right, they, right, they, right. I hope not because I just don't think that makes any sense to me. Yeah. I have him off too. Uh, maybe he didn't play a lot of snaps because he's gotten injured so much. Um, maybe. But uh, I have him off, and I have him as a guy that they can just bring right back. Um, where like yeah. I would do that with him, but it, like you said, I wouldn't do that with Ty McGill because he has had such a strong summer. So uh, I'd I'd be more comfortable screwing around. and even like screwing around with that. Like isn't even the right way to put it because somebody picks him up. Who cares? Like who cares yeah. if someone picks up Samridge Way? If, if you, somebody picks up him, then fine. You, you like Raekwon Williams is like every yeah. bit as good as him in my opinion. Um, so like I have him, I don't, I don't even have it like them bringing him back if they do cut him. Like I have him, you know, practice squad maybe Same. and, and Raekwon Williams on the practice squad maybe. And then you call him up, uh, as needed for mm-hmm. regular season games when you, because they have that extra flexibility with the, you know, the COVID rules that they introduced, uh, prior to the 2020 season, they're all still in place this year. So, uh, they can do that at defensive tackle. I'm light on the defensive line. Like I only have them keeping eight guys. Uh, mm. the four, the four defensive ends that I noted. And then, um, of course, Cox, Hargrave, uh, T.Y. McGill. And if you, if you, if you want to call Milton Williams a defensive tackle, then he would be my fourth. Uh, not my, actually, he wouldn't be my fourth. Like he's going to play a lot in my opinion yeah. this year. They're going to play him all over the line. But, um, yeah, they, they would be my four guys. And then the cuts, uh, we already mentioned Tui Pelotu. Uh, but yeah, Ridgeway and, and Williams, I don't see any reason to keep either of those guys on the initial 53. You can bring either of those guys. If, if, if they both go, then maybe that's like a mistake, I guess. But, uh, I think there's also some opportunity maybe for, uh, for, to, to grab a defensive tackle off of waivers if you really want, uh, you yeah. know, added depth there. Agree. Now. I think linebacker, other than maybe tight end, is like the toughest position to figure out. There's just, I think it's tougher actually, because there's just more names here and there's like different roles to consider yes. because of the Sam role. So there's like different things happening. I think what we know for a hundred percent sure is that Eric Wilson and Alex Singleton are your main two starters. Yes. And then I think TJ Edwards is a lock to make this team because he can contribute on defense and he plays special teams. He'll be around. 
be and then Davion Taylor will make the team and they'll put him on IR like that much those four things those four players are locked in to me to the original 53 beyond that I don't know for sure Jimmy I have Jannard Avery on my team just because I feel like the Eagles like him who'd you Always. say was your fourth lock did you say Davion Taylor yeah okay. so Wilson Singleton Edwards and Taylor are my f- four locks and yeah. Taylor will go to IR um, I think Avery is going to make it just be like, he's hurt though. So it's, it doesn't make sense, but maybe again, he could be a guy you put an IR and then you can bring Patrick Johnson back. You feel like, um, uh, I have Jacoby Stevens though, as my six. So Wilson, Singleton, Edwards, Avery, Davion Taylor, Jacoby Stevens. That's my, those are my six. I feel like they might like Stevens a little bit more, not only just because they drafted him higher, but just because they feel like he can kind of help out in special teams. And he's also transitioning um from safety to linebacker so they kind of it's a project they're kind of investing in here um although they're kind of you know doing something different with johnson too so i have sean bradley and johnson out i just don't think bradley really did a whole lot to definitely guarantee his Mm -hmm. spot and then i think johnson same kind of deal um and i think there's a chance they could clear waivers because they were late round picks and you might be able to bring them back especially if you put avery on ir potentially and then taylor on ir so mine looks a lot different than yours there. <laughs> so like I have Wilson and Singleton, uh, as you do. Uh, actually, on your TJ Edwards being a lock point, uh, I had a I was talking with uh, Jeff McLean. He seems to think, and like I had never even considered this, but he seems to think that uh, TJ Edwards could be trade bait, maybe. Um, hmm. And the reason why he is, and I don't think Jeff even gave this reason why, but in my head, the reason why why that makes sense. <laughs> is under Jim Schwartz, the third linebacker was like a run stopper. Whereas like the third linebacker in this scheme, what we think it's going to be anyway, is that Sam role where like he, they, he wants those guys to also be able to rush the passer uh, in addition to playing regular linebacker duties. So I don't know that TJ Edwards gives you that and he may not mm. be a fit uh, in this defense, whereas he does have value. Like I like TJ Edwards a lot and I think you do too. Um, like, I think he's like a legitimate NFL player, but he might not be a fit for the scheme. So maybe he's a, you know, player for player kind of trade. Um, ultimately I have him on. So like, I don't think they're going to trade him, but I have him on my roster, but just, I thought that was an interesting, uh, so you don't think they would cut him, right? No, 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 no. They're not going to cut him because he's a legit NFL player. And it's it's not like this roster is so deep that you'd cut that guy. Like there's no way. So, uh, interesting thought by Jeff though. So, um, I have him on fourth guy, uh, as you mentioned, Davion Taylor. I think he's another um, mm-hmm. sort of Tyree Jackson sitch where yep. he makes it and then he goes on IR. And then I do have Sean Bradley on. And the reason I have okay. him on is because uh, he was second on the team last year in special team snaps behind only mm-hmm. uh, Alex Singleton. So I think they view him maybe as a special team, like a four core special teamer starting you know, on special teams. Uh, you know, not even just making the team, but also being on the regular 46 every week. Um, although I'm with you, like, like he didn't, he, like he didn't do a ton and like, he didn't like stand out and they, like they had him playing on like third team a lot. So I'm not super confident in that, but I do have him on. I have Patrick Johnson on. I think he's like the mm-hmm. one, you know, so they drafted four guys in the sixth or seventh rounds. And he's the one guy out of those four players that I think actually did some nice things. He got a lot of first team reps and, you know, albeit that was because, you know, Jannard Avery was out. Uh, Joe Osman was out with a concussion. So he did get more opportunities, but I thought he showed something there. I have, I have Avery making it 
And I guess that's it. So I guess that's my seven. And I have Jacoby Stevens off. And I really don't feel super confident about that. But I have him off because he was hurt all throughout camp. Um, I, you know, he didn't, he didn't do anything in the preseason games. And he got drafted so late that if, like, some team, you know, really liked him enough, they'd have just picked him in the draft. So maybe he's a guy that just gets through because he, he didn't get really any interest in the draft. He didn't show anything in the preseason game that should really change any team's minds out there about him. So uh, I think they're going to make a little bit of a risk and uh, cut him, try to bring him back. Again, he'll be another high-priority practice squad guy, uh, which could be a mistake. Who knows uh, if, if that's the route they go anyway. But, um, yeah, I have him off. And then, I, of course, uh, uh, I had Rashad Smith off, who was already got cut. Uh, to, uh, yeah. We're recording this on, on Sunday, by the way, but he got cut Sunday morning. Yeah, that's a tough spot to figure out. So we'll see on that one. That's a hard, uh, it's the hardest position, in my opinion. After uh, yeah, linebacker, uh, cornerback, tight end, and safety, and wide receiver was was kind of tough too. But linebacker was the toughest because of the Sam position that's new, and they have a lot of they have a lot of like a lot of guys <laughs> that are like really haven't, guys. haven't like distinguished themselves over the other, and uh, you know like a lot of players that like you know wouldn't surprise anyone if they made the team, wouldn't surprise anyone if they didn't. They just have a lot of guys like that at linebacker. At cornerback, I have the Eagles keeping five. Darius Slay, Steve Nelson, not Steven. Avante Maddox are locked in as your top three. Yep. Slay and Nelson on the outside with Maddox in the slot. And then I have Zach McPherson as my number four. Yep. But, like, I wonder how comfortable the Eagles feel with him after he showed promise in training camp. Yeah. But he also struggled quite a bit yeah, in the games. In the games yeah, yeah. And I don't know how confident they feel. Like, that could be a position they potentially look to add at on waivers yes. uh, here. Um, and then I have them keeping Craig James. I don't feel amazing about it, Jimmy, but I just, I think he was really good on special teams a couple of years ago. Now he was hurt a lot last year and then he missed camp this year, or at least a lot of it. Yes. So that's not good. I, I don't think there's any chance Michael Jaquette makes this team, but I think he could stick around in the practice squad. Uh, Kevin, Kevon, Kevon Seymour, uh, like maybe they keep him just because again, they don't necessarily feel like. McPherson is ready and they kind of just want someone a little more experienced there. Maybe they like him instead of Craig names as like a special teams uh, contributor. I had a hard time cutting Josiah Scott yeah. here because the Eagles traded a pick for him in 2022 with a six rounder. Um, so this is, this is tough too, to figure out the end here. Who do you have them keeping? I have them only keeping four. So I mm. have them keeping the four guys you mentioned. So, you know, Slay, Nelson, Maddox, Locks, and yeah. McPherson. I think they're going to claim a guy. At corner, because okay. uh, you know there's going to be some corner who's you know the sixth or seventh best corner on his current team, who's the fifth best corner on the Eagles. I had a tough time cutting Josiah Scott because, as you mentioned, they traded a pick for him, but also like he's not been bad. Like he's been he's actually shown some nice things. Yeah, but he's a but slot, he's also hurt. He's a slot corner only, and if and he gonna, got banged up jet in in the uh, Jets game. With oh, the did he? I don't even so know. I don't. Know, I, don't okay. I don't even know how that impacts him. Yeah. <laughs> And like he like in this scheme, I think there's a a high priority on players that are versatile, and that's especially true if you're a backup. And he's a backup in the slot, like he's not even a backup on the outside. Um, so it's just hard to justify keeping him. Um, again, he'd probably be another high priority practice squad guy if they did cut him. But I could have gotten really either way on him, but uh, ultimately I just decided he doesn't offer enough value just being a backup slot corner only. Uh, so I think they're gonna they're gonna find a guy on waivers and and take him there. 
Uh, none of the other guys do anything for me. So Craig James, I've, I've sort of had all my 53 man rosters all throughout because last year he was their best special teams player until he got hurt and he was out almost the entire year. He was out for the majority of training camp. Who's going to be lining up to, you know, sign Mm -hmm. him if the Eagles cut him. So I think they can very easily cut him and bring him back to the practice squad and, and bring him onto the roster as needed. Um, and I, I wouldn't waste a roster spot on on a guy that really just hasn't proven that he can stay healthy. Uh, on Scott, maybe the hamstring injury is bad enough that they can just IR him for the season. You know, maybe. just keep him out. I don't. Yeah. I don't. He could be the phantom IR kind of guy because you like his long term potential. You want to stash him. Maybe they can do that. You're with not going to stunt his growth if you do that. Like, you yeah. know, he know, he knows what he's doing as a football player. He's also like, an Eagles fan, so maybe he wouldn't oh, hate them that. doing okay. that. <laughs> yeah, like there's a there's an old picture of him like watching or I think a tweet of him like celebrating the Super Bowl win. Uh, it's not a video; it's just a picture. Um, moving on to safety, Jimmy, another interesting position to talk about, just because like okay, they, Anthony Har- Harris is starting. They, they their depth there is is not good at all. It's it's a real trouble spot. I think it's like I think it's the worst position on the team. Uh, Harris is starting week one. We know that, yep. but is Ronnie McLeod starting week one? We don't know that. I don't think he's going to begin the season on PUP, but I also don't think that necessarily means he's going to start week one. Um, cause he hasn't had some kind of extensive ramp up period. And I don't know if it means anything, but Dave Spadaro was talking uh, on the broadcast, Jimmy on Thursday or Friday night. And he kind of like didn't say that like McLeod is definitely out, but he like raised the question. It's like, is McLeod going to be like, he kind of yeah, he drew yeah, attention yeah, to that. Yeah. So uh-huh. I thought that was a little interesting. Um, you know, he could, he could have been like McLeod's going to be fine and he didn't say that. So, uh, I don't know about that one. You have to keep Marcus Epps. I feel like kind of like, because I think he's going to start <laughs> next to, next to Anthony Harris because Kayvon Wallace is still hurt. Yeah. And Elijah Riley got banged up in the Jets practice and then didn't play against the Jets on Friday night. So like, so I have them keep, so I have them keeping Harris, McLeod, Epps, Wallace, and Riley, but like maybe you have to put either Wallace and or Riley on IR. Uh, I, I don't think Andrew Adams has done enough to make the team. And I feel like ideally you wouldn't want him on the week one roster because he's a vested veteran, but maybe you have to with all the injuries. Um, I think Graylin Arnold is probably, or you, or you could just put Graylin Arnold on the practice squad and then like elevate him for week one or whatever. Um, it's a tricky one to figure out. Who do you have them? Keeping? I have the same, I have the same five. I didn't think I was going to okay. have the same five as you at safety. Uh, but yeah, I have Harris, McLeod, Wallace, Epps, Riley. Riley, uh, is kind of like my new Craig James in that he, uh, is, you know, maybe your new core four special teams player. Um, like I thought he he showed quite a bit uh, during camp uh, on special teams. Like you noted, I think during one of your practice notes, he had the nice play uh, at the goal line, keeping the punt from going in the end zone. But he's but he like yeah. he he seemed to be pretty vocal uh, during practice sessions on special teams. And um, I don't I think the coaching staff likes him and they'll they'll lobby for him to make the team to be determined mm-hmm. if uh, Harry Roseman will listen to. To that, uh, Kayvon Wallace has been a disappointment. Like, if we're just going to be honest, yep. like, I thought the bar was super low for him to become the third safety for this team behind Harris and McLeod. And he hasn't done, like, he just hasn't done it. It just, he nope. just hasn't, like, put his stamp well, he's been hurt. on that spot. And he, even when he, and he, you're right, that, that's a good point. But, like, even when he was playing, he, he, didn't, he didn't do anything. So no. he's going to make the team, but, um, and so he's just kind of been disappointing. And I'm with you on Epps. Like maybe not, I wouldn't be as emphatic as to say like he's, you, you got to keep him. Um, I think you have to though. So I think safety is, well, I said like, I think they're going to claim a guy at corner. 
I think actually uh-huh. safety is the most likely position where they claim a guy on waivers. Mm-hmm. And, and, that, and if they claim a guy on waivers, decent chance that guy starts week one, whoever they claim. Which Maybe is you could crazy, trade for... but, but that's kind of the reality of the roster right now. Maybe you could trade for someone too. Like uh, I don't know how many safeties are available, but maybe you could take one of those offensive linemen that you have yes. and uh, you know get a kind of safety there. Uh, that's a position to watch. Uh, anything else on safeties before we move it to special teams, Jimmy? Uh, no, I guess that's it. Okay, special teams. Obviously, yeah. Jake Elliott, uh, who I, I want to get to a little bit in the future here. We kind of already talked about him last time we podcasted. Uh, Aaron Sipos, I think he's done enough to earn the Eagles puncher job. And we also saw that he kind of has some value. He can do kickoffs too, which not every punter necessarily mm-hmm. can do. He was doing that. So that's, that's a nice, yeah, he option kicked off to five. Have. Yeah. Um, so that's good. And then Rick Lovato, obviously the long snapper. Uh, do you want to get into the practice squad real quick? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Let's do it. I'll, I'll roll mine off. Uh, <laughs> Elijah Holyfield, who, it was already cut and might not, but whatever. Holyfield, uh, Patton, uh, Andre Patton, wide receiver, wide receiver, John Hightower, tight end, Jack Stoll, offensive tackle, Britt Toth, offensive guard, Suo Peta, offensive guard, Coyote Asika, uh, center, Ross Pierce Baker, defensive tackle, Hassan Ridgeway, defensive tackle, Marlon, uh, Tui Pelotu, linebacker, Sean Bradley, linebacker, Patrick Johnson, cornerback, Michael Duquette, cornerback, Josiah Scott, safety, Andrew Adams, and safety, Graylin Arnold, and then, uh, Matt Leo with the exemption. I messed up. I don't have Andre Patton on wow. mine somehow. That's wow. a that's a bad that's a bad mistake. Whatever. Uh, mine Doesn't are matter. Running back Jason Huntley, wide receivers just John Hightower. Andre Patton might make it though too. Tight end Jack Stoll, uh, offensive lineman Laraven Clark, Coyote Awashika, Ross Pierce Baker, defensive ends Teron Jackson, Matt, Matt Leo doesn't count. Uh, defensive tackles Tui Pelotu and Raekwon Williams. Uh, just one linebacker was Jacoby Stevens. Uh, four corners, Kayvon Seymour, Josiah mm-hmm. Scott, Craig James, Michael Jaquette, and two safeties in Andrew yep. Adams and Grayland Arnold. All right. Well, there's our roster predictions, which will surely be wrong in a lot of ways. It's <laughs> tough to figure out, and there will be new players added. But, you know, we're also project- projecting, to be clear here, the original 53 and not the – which is not – we all know is not the going to Tuesday be like the week four one clock 53. Yeah. We'll call that's, it. that's a different than the week one fifty three. Although honestly, for as much attention Jimmy, as we give to these 53 men <laughs> rosters and we obsess over Brett Toth versus coyote, Asuka, yes. <laughs> as you mentioned, none of this freaking matters. It's all about the star <laughs> players. It's all about the players. Pretty much in the most part, there's exceptions that who are, are really good. And the people actually care about and them playing well and stepping up and, and Jalen hurts building on the positive momentum right. that he finished with training. Camp. Like that's all the stuff that really, Really matters the most. So speaking uh, of like f- like p- past players like that, you know, I was actually thinking about this today. Casey Tuhill is sort of like one of those guys. You know who makes sense for that Sam position? Yeah, Casey Tuhill. Well, I've ex- some exciting news for you then, Jimmy, because is he cut? I was looking at well, I was looking at the Hogs Haven uh, fifty three man roster okay. projection, and, and they didn't have him on. Okay, so very exciting. I stuff, can see them. Maybe. I can see them claiming him if they if they waive him for that I, I, for that position. I totally disagree. I can never see the Eagles bring back <laughs> one of their own players. That's not their MO at all. They hate to do that, so disagree. Um, <laughs> right. Any final thoughts about you, Jimmy, before we wrap up here? Now, again, just uh, best of luck to anyone that's down in the path sure. of uh, Hurricane Ida, uh, which looks like a very, very scary situation. It's, I've actually been watching the Weather Channel all day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Uh, good to be safe up here in New, in New Jersey, but... uh 
yeah, uh, anyone that is down that way, uh, be safe and best of luck. If you're happen, if you're happening to be listening to, uh, this and you're down there, I know we're thinking of you. So, uh, you know, hopefully maybe we're kind of keeping you company in a way. If you have the, you know, if you're listening to this at this time, and I'm sure all of our listeners are as well. Um, I wanted to run through really quickly, Jimmy, my MVP LVP breakdown. I, okay. I totaled all the points. Oh. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Yes. This will be up on a BGN article, but just to kind of tease some of the findings here, our play of the day leader was Quez Watkins with eight points. Um, I gave the, the player one point or a half point sometimes if it was like a, a good throw by the quarterback okay. to a good catch by the, then that would kind of be a half point for me. Um, like at the bottom of the table, Nick Mullins had a half point. Eight sounds good, actually. So he, he like eight. got eight votes from a, a combination of, uh, he got eight votes from a combination of me and you. Yeah. That's pretty and, good. Uh, that was double the next closest player who was Jalen Rager at number four. Mm-hmm. Javon Hargrave was three. John Hightowers two. And then Jalen Hurts was two. So okay. that's your top five there. Um, then I have, I'm going to read you my net table. So what I did here is I, I made a MVP table of just the MVP points and then I made an LVP table, just the LVP. And then I kind of netted those out against each other because some of these players were on both tables. Okay. So for example, you know, Jalen Rager had uh, some negative uh, points. A, 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 uh, an MVP diff- point One differential. Point. Yes. So yeah. So it's, it's a, it's a net, uh, MVP, LVP rating. I'll read you my top five. They okay. are Quez Watkins, four, tied okay. also with Josh Sweat for the number one spot at four. Yeah, That's that your sense. first yep. two, tied for first. <laughs> Javon Hargrave is third with three. Okay. Zach McPherson is fourth with two. Okay. Josiah Scott and then Nick Sirianni, I have tied for the fifth spot. Or actually, they're all tied technically for the, what, uh, fourth spot here. It's a three-way tie. Mm-hmm. They're all with at one? two. Oh, two, okay. They all each have two, and then there's a lot of ones. So I'm yeah, not going to yeah, get into yeah. all right. those. Um, but then my bottom five and <laughs> the bottom <laughs> four, Andre, <laughs> Andre Dillard, negative seven Ooh, is all the way at the bottom. That's not good. Rough. Travis Fulgham, second to last, uh, negative three. Okay. Then we have three players tied. You're not for a football the, guy for having Travis Fulgham on there. The, the, yeah, apparently. I, I don't know what I'm looking at. Whatever. Um, <laughs> t- uh, bottom three spots. Or bottom three spot, there's a three-way tie. It is between Carson Wentz, who people are going to be like, why is he on here? He's not he's still on the team. Well, we obviously <laughs> gave not, him those hey, points. You know, don't, don't talk about Carson Wentz anymore. He's not on the team. <laughs> we we gave him those because of how he was hurt. He got hurt. He was kind of yeah. screwing over the Eagles. <laughs> yes. And also, there's probably like a practice where there's no one who particularly yeah, was right. terrible. So we kind of were looking for someone to give the LVP anyway. Um, Miles Sanders is in there. He had negative two okay. um, in the net. Jake Elliott. Is that's not really a fair one because like yeah, he would yeah. never really be like the MVP he had, practice. He had a bad day. He had a bad day, and we were going to yeah. name him as the MVP because he made all because he made six kicks, you know. Right. So uh, that's tough for him. But and then <laughs> uh, after that, there's a there's a bunch of different players with negative one. So okay. again, you can check out that full table that'll be up on bleedinggreennation.com if you're interested to see that at all. And then just kind of giving a little look to the uh, upcoming schedule here, Jimmy. So again, roster cuts are due. Play- teams have to be down by 53 players at before 4 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday, August 31st. The Eagles will probably make more cuts potentially on Monday or whatever, or trades. There's going to be, you know, a bunch of activity. Then I believe, if I'm not mistaken, um, you know, waivers will be, I forget that. So nor- in normal years, it would happen over the weekend. So I don't know how that's impacting it this year off the top of my head, but there'll be waiver claims. We'll find that out. I believe as soon as Wednesday, yeah, I think they, uh, I think the, the waiver thing is 24 hours. So it would be, 
four o'clock the next day. Okay, because usually in most years it was like one. I oh, think was it, it one? Be, okay, or twelve, I think. Because then practice squads could be formed like an hour after the waivers are over. Mm. So, so whatever that action will be happening midweek between waiver claims and then practice squads will be formed, and then the Eagles, I guess, will be doing some kind of practicing uh, before Labor Day, and then we'll have Labor Day here, and then it'll be Week One already, or we'll be you know gearing up towards Week One, gearing up towards the Cowboys losing to the Buccaneers on the <laughs> right. opening kickoff game on Thursday in a week from you know what that line is, Thursday. by the way? It was higher than I thought it would be. It's five and a half, right? It's seven and a half. Oh, my gosh. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, there's the DAC weirdness going yeah, on there. Yeah. But uh, all right. Any final thoughts to me as we wrap up here? Nope. Just the uh, hurricane people. Okay. Um, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Again, we'll get to a question, your questions here at some point in the future. This is a jam packed episode, so I'm not going to try to squeeze them in here. We had to go through the 53 man roster. Um, go check out Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, which sponsors BGN Radio, righteousfelon.com, discount code BGN15, 15% off. Go check out wildnaturepet.com. That's BGN15 for 15% off. Check out Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors by going to roachrealtors.com or calling phone number 856-906-9295. For more plugs that I will give out, I'm on Twitter at Brandon Gowton, also on Instagram, Brandon Gowton. Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter at Jimmy Kemsky, Bleeding Green Nation on Twitter at Bleeding Green, BGN Radio on Twitter at BGN underscore Radio, Jimmy, I'm on Cameo. You can book me on Cameo if you really want to. You can find me on there if you really want it's to only do like, that for some reason. You're only like three bucks or something like that, right? Uh, I bumped it up, Jimmy. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm just, I'm a big celebrity now. <laughs> so I had to bump it up. Also, there's What'd like an increased rate. Uh, I think it's like four or five. I think it's like four, something like that. <laughs> okay. you know, a really big increase. Also, there's a 24 hour price. Like if you want to guarantee you get the video in 24 hours, okay. it's kind of like a little bit more of an extra fee. Um, so yeah, uh, I think those are all the plugs. Go subscribe to the uh, Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel. I teased that we have some BGN radio news coming up that still isn't out yet, but it's coming down the pipeline very soon. We'll find that out. You will all find that out. I already know it, but you will find that all out before week one is here. So that's exciting. So stay tuned for all the good content we have coming your way by subscribing to the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed uh, rating, five stars, leaving a review, and we will talk to you next time. That's right. Goodbye, everybody. P-G-N. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise Flagship Fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com slash Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise Flagship Fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com slash Flagship. This is a paid advertisement. Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is data which means more to process, more to analyze. And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com slash VIYA.